It is Wednesday, of course, another edition of WeatherWise here, uh, the podcast from the meteorologist at 47 ABC, WMDT. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wurzik again this week with meteorologist Ulysses Garcia as uh, we're working our way now into June, just a few weeks away from the official start of summer. We talked about in past podcasts how, uh, you know, it was so hot essentially in April. May was a much cooler, wetter month. June, yeah, no, we definitely want to call it hot. We've had near average temperatures. Haven't had a lot of rain, though. And uh, that's where I want to get things started here this week. When we were talking about this past weekend, we didn't have that much action come through with a cold front. Although Saturday morning was kind of starting to feel hot and sticky there. And then we had the front move through and really only a few showers in a couple places. And it was really more about the wind and uh, the cloud cover that came through. And another was a tougher day along the coast um, on Saturday evening. No, yeah, absolutely. The fact that, uh, you know, like you're saying, this Saturday, this weekend, we finally had our first, like, dry weekend overall. You know, we were humid in the morning and then just cloudy throughout the afternoon. But like you said, you know, we definitely do need the rain because now Salisbury is already behind uh, over six inches for the year already. So the fact that we are, uh, you know, we're just trying to, you know, we're just trying to catch up at this point. I mean, at this time last year, we were already 19 inches of rainfall. This year, we're 12 and a half inches of rainfall, so that's quite a quite a difference. Seven inches of rain of di- uh, difference between last year and this year, six inches in the hole. So I would not be surprised if the drought monitor on Thursday we start seeing a re-expansion of abnormally dry conditions once again. And worth pointing out too. So when we were going through uh, the initial drought phase, uh, what was it back in April, going yeah. into May, somewhere around that time period, we were five in the hole for the uh, year. We got all that rain. It helped us out. It helped Delmarva basically be lifted out of the drought conditions. But if you were to look at that drought map, we were only the area in the mid-Atlantic that uh, experienced that type of rain. Everywhere else, north, west, and south, they all stayed in at least some sort of drought conditions or at least abnormally dry conditions for a while. So for the mid-Atlantic as a whole, this hasn't been the most helpful um, uh, you know, spring so far with rain. Here in Delmarva, just locally, We've uh, definitely picked up a lot of rain, but like you said, now we're getting back into that deficit once again, where we were five inches in the hole. We had all those uh, times of rain, and then you know now we're back to six inches for the year. So uh, headed back into dry conditions. And actually, that's going to touch on what we're going to talk about here in a few moments uh, with wildfires getting a little close to home. We'll get to that in a second, but how about the beginning of the National Hurricane or the uh, Atlantic Hurricane season? The National Hurricane Center. We talked about it last podcast, I believe, where started things off very quickly with the system back in January that they went back and um, took a look at the data and have already said that we had our first tropical depression, right, or system of the year. So this was tropical depression two that formed in the Gulf, right? Yeah, tropical depression two. And then the name that it was given, because it did actually develop just enough to develop into Arlene. I mean, overall, the storm itself, they were not expecting it to really be a big deal because the fact that it was going into an unfavorable environment when it comes to uh, wind shear and uh, dry air and it also what makes it unusual about this storm is that it actually went south and it bended a little bit towards the east but just the fact that it go- went south unlike most storms that usually tend to go west and then curve out towards the north and then eventually bend towards the east um, this was not the case with Arlene this was a storm that developed just off the coast of Florida in the eastern Gulf of Mexico it still brought uh, downpours towards the Sunshine State but the center circulation the heaviest of, of all the activity was still well offshore um, into, the, into the Gulf of Mexico. But still unique, the fact that um, 
you know, this is a storm that quickly developed, quickly fizzled out, but I think what's more puzzling is just the track it had um, compared to most of the storms that tend to happen in the Atlantic Basin. You're right. It, it was just drifting there off to the south and, you know, curving back off to the east. And, you know, maybe a testament to the steering currents, I would say, right? The farther south you get in the um, uh, latitudes, uh, there's less of a steering current down there. At least when we talk about across the contiguous United States, we talk about troughs and cold fronts pulling these systems back out to sea. You get far enough south into the Gulf of Mexico, it's not much going on down there with upper level steering currents. This thing is kind of just sitting there and meandering. But early in the season, Worth noting that the Gulf of Mexico is a lot warmer. The temperatures are the first of the body of waters here within the whole Atlantic area that we look at to warm up. I mean, you, you talk about temperatures down there in the 80s, water temperatures. Our water temperatures off the coast here in the Atlantic are still wet, running in the low to mid-60s, yeah, mid which 60s. would definitely not support any type of tropical development. You need those waters up there near 80 or above really to keep those things going. And, of course, we have the Gulf Stream nearby that can uh, down to our south and east. That certainly helps refuel storms as they get up the east coast something we look at later in the summer as more of a threat but early early season storm but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have a long season of a lot of storms right because it was last year we had an early season storm and then we had what that entire break which seemed to last almost all summer with uh, no activity in the tropics yeah the month of august which was uh, pretty quiet you know which a lot of yeah. people were really stunned how quiet it was and then once we got into september that's when things started getting going right anyway. but usually with august kind of already approaching the peak the fact that it was still really quiet a lot of people were just kind of stunned yeah and that and that's a, a smaller example this would be more of an extreme example if that happened because we actually saw uh at the beginning of the hurricane season this year our first named storm um and of course there's a lot of uh, time to go between now and the end but just goes to show you early activity doesn't necessarily mean continued activity through the season but as Ulysses just mentioned there, you know, last year, you know, during our peak time, we had uh, no activity there for a while, many weeks in a row. I remember we were going on air and every day we were looking at uh, the Atlantic Basin, just couldn't find a thing. And, yeah. and for a while, the National Hurricane Center wasn't even putting out advisories on any clusters of storms, let alone um, anything that was actually developing. So um, interesting times. Taking a look at that this year, we've talked about it in past podcasts this year, expecting a near average um, hurricane season, at least the National Weather Service recently putting that out. So obviously we keep an eye on that and we'll talk about it in future podcasts. But let's switch over to something a little closer to home here. Literally, um, wildfires. Now, we've had a lot of smoke here in Delmarva, the East Coast in general. Really cool sunrises, really cool sunsets from smoke from wildfires in Western Canada. <clears throat> well, here recently, those wildfires have now developed in Eastern Canada. And not only just in Eastern Canada, as far south as southern New Jersey has had wildfires. In fact, as, as we talk about this today, um, the eastern uh, mid-Atlantic areas, uh, especially northern mid-Atlantic, southern New Jersey, outside of Philadelphia, those areas under a high fire risk or an elevated fire risk um, uh, and kind of unprecedented because uh, some of what we're seeing here as far as dry conditions in the east coast, that's something we look at usually in the west coast you know, with wildfires. So it was one thing for us to see smoke a couple weeks ago from wildfires from out west. Now it's a little closer to home. And I think climate change is certainly playing a factor in that. We are considerably dry. The heat domes that produce these type of dry conditions and hot conditions, they last longer. And, um, you know, we haven't been through heat waves here on the East Coast, but notice how dry the air is right and that really is what comes down to it how dry the air is we have not had muggy days we've had a few but we've we've had very dry days even our mm -hmm. hottest days have been dry 
So yeah. that's just kind of adding to the uh, the fuel, if you will, for these uh, wildfires to develop. No, yeah, absolutely. The fact that you know it's uh, it's been really dry. I know we've been uh, the dew points. I know we've had even dew points down to the 30s and 40s for this time of the year, which is you know, which is usually becoming more uncommon because of the fact that you know we're entering our most humid period of the year. We're starting to see dew points eventually, normally in the 60s and 70s. So um, even our nighttime temperatures are going down into the 50s. We're starting. We're still dealing with those nights where we're having these nice ranges. Usually these ranges start to become a little more smaller by this time of the year because of the fact that the humidity starts playing a role. So the fact that we're even having uh, these moments, you know, definitely it's, uh, you know, it's quite, a, it's quite interesting. But like you said, though, the fact that it's been dry and it doesn't help the fact that we had uh, such a dry winter too. The fact that we didn't get a, a lot of rain or even snow um, and also the fact that it was very warm in the winter and also kind of, kind of helped accelerate this process that we're in with the wildfires um, that we're in because the fact that we were just so above average this past winter. So it's kind of, uh, it's all a domino effect. So whatever happens in one season can translate to whatever happens in another season. Right. Uh, and just like with heat waves and, you know, with heat waves usually, well, more often than not, come with dry weather. They kind of go hand in hand. So sometimes heat waves beget heat waves. It kind of keeps the process going. Same thing with drought. Um, the process just, um, you know, it, it makes it harder for that uh, cycle to be broken. You know, the, like you said, the dew points are lower. So even on a given day when you have cornfields and soybean fields in the Midwest or even out here in rural areas, they give off a certain amount of moisture per day that help aid in your typical pop-up shower and thunderstorm development. When the vegetation is dry, that, again, just cuts down on the ability for even your random pop-up storms to be plentiful. And so it's just this process that gets worse and worse. And, um, you know, what we're seeing here is very similar. You bring up a good point. There's always some benefit to something like this. Without the moisture in the air, we have these really nice nights, right? Windows open, temperatures in the 50s. Yeah, You can't ask for that in June usually around here, but we're getting them, and we get them every day now, it seems. And that is a function of the lack of humidity. When we get humidity, it's harder to cool off at night. And uh, dry air is easily cooled, it's easily warm. So as you mentioned, you get those big swings, we call them diurnal swings between the nighttime uh, low and the daytime high. Um, Something a little more accepted or expected in early and mid-spring. Now we're getting in late spring. Usually move away from those days. So um, with that said, that uh, gets us started here this season with at least some comfortable weather. But again, going into those dry periods here, we definitely need some rain again. And uh, looking ahead here in the seven-day forecast, um, what is it? We're still looking at Monday. And of course, we're recording this on a Tuesday, posting on a Wednesday. So, so uh, forecast is always to ch subject to change here. So keeping that in mind when you're listening to this. But uh, we are looking at maybe a pattern change going into early next week. We'll have to see on that. But um, um, certainly uh, that chance for rain needed here across the area. But that would give us, right, a quiet weekend. No, yeah, a quiet weekend, which uh, this week, if this happens, it'll actually be more, I would say, really our true, our, almost our first true uh, quiet weekend in a while. Because obviously last weekend, I mean, yeah, we did have a quiet weekend. But I guess the cloudy skies, the fact that we actually have sunshine to really prevail Saturday and Sunday is uh you know it's quite a thing and like rich said like i mean i know the models haven't even been trending the chance of showers uh, uh, you know stray shower storm a pop-up to develop late in the week but like rich said like the models are trying to show that chance but obviously there's other variables that are probably suppressing the chance of that to happen um later on this week but yeah the weekend for sure it's looking to be a nice one it's definitely gonna be a warm one especially sunday great weather for the beach i know we've had the weather for the beach has kind of been very borderline lately we haven't had really a true uh, beach day just yet where the fact that we have these temperatures 
uh, really warm, but we also haven't had other variables, say, as the rip currents or the waves uh, more calm down. Anytime we've had nice weather for the beach, we have to battle with the rip currents or whatnot um, with it. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, it's been a while since we've had the weekend quiet. Uh, the beaches, I think, have been hardest hit here with, like you're saying, it's either rip currents or it's the temperatures aren't working out. It's like one of the two have been going on. Um, I've noticed that, too, across the area. So hoping that this weekend will translate into just a quiet, decent weekend to be out there at the beach and also just across the area, although inland Del Marva, we're looking at temperatures well into the 80s. And I think this weekend, looking at some of those uh, trends there, probably would provide for a little bit of humidity, especially Saturday afternoon going forward into the beginning of next week. And that would be the fuel that we need, or at least one of the variables for a decent rain event, which we'll be looking toward uh, at least the possibility of that pattern change into early next week, but still several days out, of course, subject to change, as we always say. But I think that uh, a good uh, way to kind of wrap things up here for this uh, edition of WeatherWise, talked about a lot of good stuff here, what's going on across the area of the good and bad, of course, but um, a lot of information going into the final days here of spring. And we're going to have an update on that, of course, coming up next edition of WeatherWise on what's happening with these dry conditions and, of course, the wildfires that are a little closer than they usually are to the area. But for myself and meteorologist Ulysses Garcia, thank you for downloading and streaming another edition of WeatherWise from the meteorologist at 47ABC WMBT.